0: To Jeff Cameron, show 933 Real Talk Radio or Chat TV. Good to be with you. Thanks for being with us. Made mention of it last hour. Let's reiterate here to start this hour, which will create a larger conversation because, Tom, you and I have not had the opportunity to talk about the news that came down regarding the Pac 12 yesterday, specifically with Washington State's administration uh, ceasing to uh, operate athletically with their budget and uh, plans moving forward uh, for facilities, raises, coaches, you name it, all of it. It sounds like the Pac-12 is in the process of uh, collapsing right before our eyes. Really an amazing thing to watch, Uh, amazing thing to be a part of, to be sitting here watching college football shift to this degree. And, of course, it's been the topic du jour uh, for us here over the last year. It's going to continue to be until there's a resolution that is satisfactory uh, financially for FSU, period. And, and it's also going to continue to be the conversation, annoyingly so, uh, because conferences like the Big Ten and the SEC are dictating terms and they're not going to stop anytime soon. It doesn't appear. And every time you think that they will, they don't. So now we see this and the Big 12 is very active as well. Their commissioner, very aggressive. It is clear the Big 12 has decided they want to be the third power conference, if you will, when the, when the dust settles. The Big 12 is aggressively trying to say to the SEC, excuse me, the ACC and the Pac-12, you guys are done. We're next. We're in. We're going to still be here. We're going to take this team and that team and this team and we'll be the last one standing. No, we won't be the Big 10. No, we won't be the SEC. But we're going to be better off than you and you. And that's what you're witnessing now. Well, and their strategy is a sound one. If you
1: can't have the titans of the now, then go get the markets that Uh, are only going to grow. Grab Orlando, grab Houston, grab yes, I got you. If you're going to take a swing, this is how you do it. It makes a ton of sense.
0: So the story today is that the ACC will launch a, quote, success initiative or incentive initiative, I should say, starting in 2024, 2025, and that will distribute additional league payouts to schools based on teams' performances in revenue-generating postseason play. That, according to reports today, you want to cite whomever you want. All the people who cover this league have reported this, so I'm giving credit to all of the people that cover this league. There you go. I don't know who got it right first, but it's been out for about an hour now. The ACC board of directors announcing today that this is past. This is a thing. It's real. It's new. This isn't just something that was speculated about anymore. It's something that now has happened. Unequal revenue sharing, of course, has been the topic in this conference since earlier this year when our administration, our athletic department, Florida State specifically, said this ain't good. And they made it known. They weren't, they weren't going to sit idly by. They couldn't afford to. Later, schools like Miami and Clemson and North Carolina directly expressed their grievances over the ACC's revenue gap with the SEC and the Big Ten. Obviously, we just got done documenting documenting last week where it was brought up yet again in a rather terse exchange amongst several athletic directors at the ACC spring meetings in Amelia Island. The next day... Most of those same individuals stood down and offered praise and support for Commissioner Jim Phillips and their efforts to change the financial payouts for its league teams and those that have success. Now, none of the details regarding the incentives and how they'll be determined have been officially released, but it is said that they will be solidified, quote unquote, according to the ACC. Uh, in the coming months, which means when we go next up on the horizon, folks, just so you know the timeline, because lots of you have asked about when will we know and what will we know next. Well, the next logical time and place in which you'll get information of interest to you is going to be Charlotte, North Carolina, in July, when I'm there and Tom is there and most of the WarChan staff is there and other collective ACC media outlets are there. The ACC Board of Directors quote. And this is according to uh, Duke President Vincent E. Price. And he goes by Vincent E. Price. You better not forget that E. The ACC Board of Directors continues to be committed to exploring all potential opportunities that will result in additional revenues and resources for the conference. He chairs the ACC Board of Directors if you're wondering why he's talking. Today's decision provides a path to reward athletic success while also distributing additional revenue to the full membership. Okay, again, I'm going to reiterate, it is likely not going to be enough. The turmoil and the tension and all the stuff that uh, came out of those spring meetings uh, certainly led to this. There has been the discussion about whether or not any of these schools, Florida State being the one we're talking about, can get out from under the grant of rights through 2036. Virginia Tech Athletic Director Whit Babcock said this to the Richmond Times-Dispatch and our old friend.
1: Mr. David Teal.
0: That is correct. I think it was less than ideal that it came out, but it's been a catalyst for some real conversation and maybe getting to things a little faster than what we've been working on as the ACC. He's talking about all the turmoil and the terse discussions and the arguments behind. He wishes that hadn't gotten out, but maybe it led to this. Yeah, yeah, maybe it did. Probably did. The
1: issue is Florida State and Clemson are asking for a promotion and they got a cost of living raise. That's right. So that's where we are.
0: If you go again and do what we did before this vote and before this was approved and say, what does it all mean? And you take the big picture approach about long-term solutions and having that larger discussion, this doesn't mean anything. And I hate that. I hate that, you know, progress, however incremental it may be, really doesn't mean anything. Generally speaking, that's not true, but it is here.
1: Oh, uh, It's far too late. It's too little. It's too late. The question is, and perhaps this is the diabolical wing of the JCSPR firm. I don't know if I've told you about this wing of the company, but it's a, it's a concept I wanted to present to you, so I'm mm. doing so now. Thanks. If you were Florida State, would you drop the hammer Whilst the ACC kickoff
0: was going on. Wouldn't that be fun?
1: Be it whatever it is, a a release, a press conference, something more. Would you wait until those three days
0: in order for maximum exposure? Depends on what your plans are, what you're planning to do. Um, you know, if you're just reiterating something you've expressed countless times prior to the meetings, I don't know that you need to do anything. It, you don't need to say anything while you're there, other than just yeah. go along to get along until you're ready to drop the hammer.
1: Well, and there there are no athletic directors or university presidents at, at the football kickoff. It is, I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever seen one there from Florida State in the years I've the been. The athletic going. director? I don't think they go.
0: It's just coach and players. Yeah, you see coaches, you see players, you see, obviously, other media.
1: And obviously, the athletic directors aren't ever made available in that situation, in that setting, either. But I'm just saying, wouldn't it be interesting? Florida State, we're looking for them. They're not here. We're up there at the West End. <laughs> They're not Where the here. They? Yeah. Where the hell are they? Where the hell are they? There's a press conference scheduled in Tallahassee for 2 p.m. Oh, my God. That would be something.
0: Yeah, it'd be crazy. It'd be cool. I, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's let's get there. I I can't. These these stories are necessary to highlight, talk about. Note, it matters. It's something that is uh, collectively discussed in the world of college football. And since we discuss college football and we look at the big picture and we talk about the landscape and what is and what isn't happening, uh, that's good and bad for Florida State or how as it relates to Florida State. You gotta you gotta talk about this stuff. But again, the underlying theme to me is that none of this is going to make any difference whatsoever long-term for Florida State in their ability to compete against the Big Ten and the SEC. And they're one of only two, three, I don't know, I guess guess that's not true. I mean, there's probably, what, seven teams, maybe eight, maybe eight that that really share uh, Florida State's desire to compete for national championships and have invested accordingly. Maybe it might
1: be a bit I mean, a, uh, yeah, it might be a bit of a stretch, uh, but but I don't know that eight of them have a home. You know, that's that's in the power two. That's the issue here. If they all had a power two landing spot, this would have been done. And that's what you know when the magnificent seven thing came out last week. It, it I felt like with Louisville not among the the programs listed, when McMurphy actually named the names, and I then thought, they were the following day. But yeah, they yeah. must have a home. You know, these, these seven schools must have a destination that has been agreed to because Louisville would most certainly be on this list of teams that are interested
0: to sure, leave. Sure, sure. Because they're invested in doing so. Yeah, that's going to be throughout the summer. I don't know that we're going to get a lot. You're going to listen every day, and you're going to read, and you're going to look around. You're going to talk to people to hear, are we getting Are we getting something here? Are we getting closer to something here? Are we moving towards, are we on the right track towards making some sort of grand proclamation.
1: Well, I think you're correct to lead with the Pac-12 part. You know, I was just getting used to saying Pac-12 instead of Pac-10. It makes me sound like an old-timer, but I was so used to Pac-10. But it's that. It's the imminent demise of the Pac-12 as we knew it that is going to impact us a hell of a lot more than a couple extra bucks for making the playoff or winning the ACC.
0: That story that came out yesterday, I I thought it was incredibly... I, I don't know. It was overlooked to some extent. I mean, like it—it it didn't occur to anybody that that was a shocking thing to hear from a from a university representative representative to 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 say that you know we we can't get a TV deal done. Nobody, it, it's not looking good moving forward. We're gonna have to shut things down. I mean, geez, Washington State has had some athletic success. They're not nobody. I mean, they're not major players but they are a program of some success these athletic departments don't stuff things away for a rainy
1: day you got to spend it as you make it so if there's no revenue coming in and your projections say nothing I mean you can't can't really be flying on a private jet to go secure a recruit you know that, that that's what that's about and we saw I mean shoot to a degree that's what David Coburn and his function was here at Florida State not that long ago because the pandemic happened. Football sucks. There's no season ticket revenue. There's no football revenue to speak of. So you have to release something like this. You got to tighten the budget. There have to be budget cuts and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I just I thought in that moment, I thought, wow. Uh, this is going to this is gonna be a um an indicator to the big twelve. Now is your time. That that's what I thought. I thought, okay, look, you have a very aggressive Leader of the Big Twelve, wanting to matter moving forward, wanting to be able to uh, aggressively pursue other members that long term they feel good about. I'm like, here you go, man. It's happening. The B- the Pac-12 is in trouble. There are programs I- admitting openly to the press they're gonna they're no longer gonna fund certain sports or they're no longer investing in their coaches. I mean, think about all those coaches that are now in the Pac-12. Okay, you got a job in the Pac-12 and you were just told you can't compete. We don't have any money. We don't have a TV deal. We don't have anything. Nobody cares about us. We're done. So you're a dead man walking. You're out there, you got nothing. If you're when I mean, you're looking to get jobs, these guys are all gonna be on phones with agents and others, like, hey, here in Alabama pays one point two million dollars for me to sit in a closet and study film at week seven's opponent. I'm in. That's exactly what they do. <laughs> yes. It's a very nice
1: closet. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a closet. But I'm saying like
0: that, yes. you would you
1: I think our radio analogy holds, you know, you might be a, a DJ for the rock format, and you're seeing through the window over to the top 40 format. There's a tough conversation going on in the top 40. Oh, my goodness. Am I next? <laughs> and that's Georgia Tech. That's Georgia Tech looking across the country and saying, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. How many more of these checks can we clear before we have to be the next it's wazoo?
0: Happening. Yeah. That was the athletic director, by the way, Pat Chun, who informed the athletic staff at Washington State on Monday that there was going to be a freeze. The the email, that had to be a tough one to get, read in part that they were implementing a hiring freeze across all athletics and that there would be, quote Tom, a pause on non-essential travel. There would be a pause on all purchases. It's like me talking to my wife. There would be a pause on new professional development. She doesn't strike me as that type. I'm kidding. Yeah. Kind of. Well, (laughs) I'm kidding. She does. But really. Yeah. Kirk uh, Schultz announced Monday that the school will conduct a, quote, thorough review due to Unexpected and quote tremendous headwinds <laughs> regarding their athletic budget. That's a, I'm going to use that phrase. From here on out, we're experiencing tremendous headwinds. We thought we were going to be able to do this by July, but it is not to be. These headwinds are something. We're not going to get there, guys. Uh, That's one for the binder. hmm. The Pac 12, uh, you know, uh, they're on the hook for, uh, 50 million in overpayments by a TV partner stretching back years. Did you know that? They got to pay back all this money. They got. What a mess. Partly also because of the relocation of the Pac 12 headquarters out of San Francisco. It exceeded their budget. They spent too much in moving. Oh, Oh, man. And now they're all like, well, God, dog, if we don't have a place to play, nobody cares. And we owe money. It's not just that we're not getting any money, we owe money.
1: Should have hired Bruce Warwick. He would have moved you in the dead of night for cheap.
0: The overpayments of fifty million dollars that nobody caught apparently for some extended period of time. Hey, wait a minute! We've been overpaying these cats. We need to get some of this back. It's in the millions. How much? Fifty million. That means that it will cost twelve, twelve, yeah, twelve teams. Sorry. What four point four point yep. something million dollars a team?
1: That's right. Yep. Ouch! Very ouch. Hmm. Um, but now it's not just the Clarion call to the Big Twelve; it's also to the Big Ten. Who did you find it interesting that Pete Thamel and ESPN are the ones that are reporting about the Big Ten's issues with their TV contract? Yeah, very really. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't have been Fox Sports that reported that? Had to be ESPN. Mm-hmm. But even though they're going through their own issues to finalize night games in November and a, you know, a, a rounding error here or there, because that's all that is if it's 40 or $50 million to these schools. It's not great, but you can pay that off quick. Even with all those discords, look, man, now is your chance to go grab some more regional opponents for USC and UCLA, and they have no leverage. You could bring them in probably for cheaper yeah, yeah. for the first Sense few the dollar, years yeah. before they vest to a full share.
0: My favorite part of this story, um, and again, I think we should all be paying close attention to the, what's going on with this because you're right. This has triggered the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC to kind of like, all right, what's going on? Do we need to make a move? ESPN and Fox, uh, All right. Right after that story was originally published, this cracks me up, Washington State's SID – his name is Bill Stevens. Uh, told um the told the senior associate director of athletics and CFO, Brent Meyer, that they have tendered their resignation. They're out. We're we're done. My work is done here. I'm out. And Washington State accepted the resignation. Um They accused him and others of a mismanagement of their budget. Oh, dear God.
1: (laughs) So basically, if you're in Pullman doing radio today, first. Oh, my goodness. God bless you. Yeah. Tough times. Second, it's where do we begin? Where to start? Because there's, I mean, that's a mess of the highest
0: proportions. You could have a collective cry. That's gonna be your A block. Yeah, let's all join <laughs> hands and collectively cry. No pig suey after it. Normally, just tears. normally I'm able to perhaps point towards a path of redemption. I could highlight ways in which we're able to find our way back on sturdy ground, sturdy footing. I got nothing for you today, guys. We're effed.
1: Or you could just, you know, report the news of the resignations and then say, "I too am resigning right here and right now." Goodbye, everybody. This is my final broadcast. I'm going to go cover a team that has a pulse. Take it easy,
0: Pullman. It's um, that's brutal. But again, I think we're going to continue to watch now to see who comes in and picks off these teams, and what else is developing. Who knows? The story has changed a lot. It continues to be a fluid situation, as they say. But man, it's happening quickly. Is my point. All this stuff is happening very quickly. You go back to the board of trustees meeting starting with the things that were said there and then the outcry and the thoughts of where do we go what do we do money and all these other questions then we look around and you're just talking about your place in the landscape of college football and what is it going to be in 2024 2025 2026 and then you see again the Big 10 making moves the SEC making moves now we hear about the Pac-12 not being able to secure a deal and that there's mismanagement and there's money owed and there's it, it seems like a pending collapse and that would lead to people you know looking for a place to land as you say so i mean it's They've got an aggressive Big 12 out here like, oh, don't mind if I do. So I would guess that it's going to in some way certainly impact long term. Here's the business
1: prediction is Washington and Oregon are offered full share status by the Big 12 and a partial share that vests by the Big 10 and they got to make a choice. That's just a throwing a dart at a Mm -hmm. dartboard with a blindfold, but it feels like that's where that's going. Because they're sought after, but the Big Ten has, I mean, real leverage here to say, where are you going to go? Big 12 for a full share? Sure. Come on in for
0: 65% (laughs) for three years. You got to wear it for three years. And then. (laughs) No show. And
1: and, and, And uh, then, then you vest. Yeah, then you're good. You take the Big Ten
0: deal. You'd be crazy not to. I would, um, yeah man. Yeah it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be very fascinating. Uh I'm 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 enjoying this to some degree. I wish it weren't necessarily so. I wish that things had been uh say the NCAA had been a little bit more proactive and any number of things could have been avoided that have kind of to some degree altered a sport that I love to become something else and I'm still going to love it. I just, it's just different. And there are aspects of it I'm not in love with right now. So it'll be fascinating. Jeff Cameron 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day. And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good, too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D And five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash jcs. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. Athleticgreens.com slash jcs. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. athleticgreens.com jcs. Jeff Cameron show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Talked about it yesterday. You can see that story on Warchant.com. Florida State expected to hire a veteran NFL assistant, former Virginia Tech All-American Anthony Midget, And I do like that Florida State continues to try to add to their off-field staff. It is the norm throughout most of these successful programs all over the country to have Seemingly an excess number of uh, coaches that uh, are, quote, in an off-the-field role. Yeah, got to do it. Analysts are important. Gives you more time to
1: recruit or do whatever it is you need to do.
0: He um, was most recently a defensive backs coach in the NFL with the Tennessee Titans and Houston Texans. Was with the Titans 2020 through 2022, and the Texans 2018 2019 took over as the Texans secondary coach in 2018. He was a Houston assistant secondary coach for four seasons as well. Worked in college uh, as a safeties coach at Penn State under Bill O'Brien, um, then went to Georgia State in 2012 as the t- or pre- previous to that uh, 2012 as the team's defensive coordinator. Um, so there you go, a rich history in the uh, in the sport. Uh, got his start in coaching as a high school assistant in the state of Florida. There's the connection there. Spent five years as a high school coach before getting his first college opportunity. Was a grad assistant at Virginia Tech. Florida State entering its fourth season, obviously, with Mike Norvell. Is, uh in a good place and will open the season against LSU. Tom, don't know if you know it, September oh, the 3rd, buddy. Is that right? Also, Michigan State-Penn State, state going to play a neutral site primetime kickoff game. Black Friday at Ford Field in Detroit. The game will be on NBC kickoff set for 7.30. Isn't it fun
1: to see how the NFL and college have taken the gloves off in terms of scheduling? The only thing that's left now for college to do is to put more games on the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Yeah. We are the primetime game. We we, should be. We are, yeah. But there's no rule against having a noon kickoff and a 3.30 kickoff on the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. You know, they load us up on Saturday. Get it on! But why don't you space it out a little bit? Come on, we got to celebrate. The NFL is now putting a, a game on Black Friday. The NFL is expanding all the time what days of the week they play the games, you know, the months they're doing the flex out of the Thursday night uh, schedule this year now for the first time, for the last four or five weeks of the season. Yep. Come on, college. Let's get that Sunday triple header. I'd love to be at a tailgate in Orlando. Well, I'd love to be watching college football the day of. Florida State and LSU. I don't know if I'd love to be at a tailgate in Orlando, but you get the point.
0: Also on the note of college football, and because this makes me smile just saying it aloud, the NCAA football video game details are beginning to leak ahead of the 2024 release, buddy. Yep, yep. And so
1: you tech geeks out there that take the time to build the rosters, you've got to build this team's roster for next year. We've got to be able to enjoy the fruits of the transfer portal and the
0: battles end, their labor, so we can play with that loaded team next year. So, uh, they've got new user interface screens, and according to people who've seen the uh, the menus and user interface screens, it uh, is going to be uh, welcomed as a uh, as embraced. It's a long-awaited build-up, obviously. I saw something where the Athletics Ari Wasserman noted that. Uh, you know, he 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 was shown proprietary material, but he had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. So he has to talk kind of in code about the things that he's seen. And they were asking how often I see this happen in recruiting, or should we do this or that? And I will tell you because I've seen kind of some of the back of the interfaces of what they're working on, the staff. It's gonna be awesome and awesome, said Wasserman to Andy Staples. They're doing it in a way where you're not just going to get a Madden engine with the college uniforms. Whoa. That's important. Everybody assumed that was going to be the case. Quote, they're really trying. I think the reason why they delayed it a year was that they wanted to make sure that the game finally made its return and it wasn't just a crappy knockoff of Madden football. The dynasty mode and recruiting and rankings and territories and all the things that we talk about all the time in college football are represented in the game now. There will be As well, uh, transfer portals for players in the new game. EA Sports Vice President and GM Daryl Holt told ESPN last year that improving the game after a near-decade-long hiatus has been a major undertaking considering how much college football has changed since the last release of the game, which, by the way, was in 2014. We've been out here wandering in the wasteland. Yeah, since 2014 among the gaming
1: community. I was just out of college at at the point that it was still at its pinnacle. And even in that time and all the way to today in the gaming community, it was just thought that NCAA was the previous year's Madden in terms of the game. Right. But with an expanded playbook for college football, which had more variety, a ton more variety at the time. You know, obviously the NFL has grown since NCAA football last existed as a video game. But that was the principal difference you had a button to pitch a ball on an option. That didn't exist in Madden, thing, right. but nobody ran that. Right. But what I, inter- what I find interesting, I, I said this today on social, but, you know, NCAA football was awfully aggressive in the transfer part of the offseason 10 years ago. You'd lose guys left and right, especially yeah. in the online
0: dynasty. They'd go to your rival. Yeah. Like, it was just nonsense. It was crazy. I'd be like, Terry, I started you every game last year. What the hell are you so upset about? Yes. I lost a couple of guys
1: I'm still hurting over in Conference USA years and years ago. You're like, no, Wilson was my Wayne go-to Wade. guy. I lost Wayne Wade. Wayne Wade. Wayne Wade. Still pissed about it. He went to uh, our boy Chris. He went to UCF. Mm. He left Houston to go to UCF. What are you doing? Punk. Yeah. What are you doing? But it was almost Punk like Wade, Wade. NCAA was predicting the future because it was way
0: more aggressive than reality. That never happened in reality in those days. I always pushed it to, I always courted NCAA violations with the way that I recruited I was dirty. I was trying to take everybody. Offering cash, you name it. Come on! Was there a cheat code? (laughs) Trying to win some games around here. I intentionally made all of my guys on both the offensive and defensive line and also linebacker, middle linebacker, not outside linebacker, very specific, and fullback wear black tape around their ankles. I wanted us to appear slower than we really were. One receiver was allowed to do it, and it had to be the fastest receiver. Visors, fullbacks, linebackers. All the rest of you, no visors. Neck rolls? Linebackers, fullbacks, Mm -hmm. neck rolls. That's it. Mm -hmm. Nobody else got a neck roll. These things really don't do anything, by the way. I don't think neck rolls have ever helped anybody in any way, shape, or form. Did you play with one? I tried. They don't do anything. It doesn't change anything. I took it off within two games. You didn't feel like the boss? No, everybody wanted to look like the boss. Everybody went and got a neck roll. Everybody tackled with those things on, thinking it was going to help them and aid their neck from snapping. Man, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It just looks cool.
1: <laughs> my team's got a designated number. And so for Houston, for the first good player I had was uh, number three. It might have been number five. I forget now. But then subsequently, with my program, the best player got to wear that number. Oh, nice. Started oh, with yeah. Ernest Miller, yeah. an actual safety that played for Houston. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the fictional players as time goes on. But I called him Ernest the Cat Miller.
0: The Cat? After the wrestler. Of course. From WCW. And every time Ernest the Cat Miller made a play, you'd oh. cry out, there's the cat! Yep. There's
1: my man making a play! And he had a 72 catch rating for a safety, which yeah. is really good, so I put him in the slot. He
0: played two ways. <laughs> Oh, no, Dad. My kicker was always renamed Jeff Cameron. You're wrong for that. You are wrong for that. Thorin wants to know, Jeff Cameron, do you think this offense could have similar numbers to Winston's elite 2013 offense? Hear me out. Hear me out. Better.
1: That offense produced over 50 points a game. Could. Could be better. That's what's so insane about that offense. It's running at a pace akin to army in terms of possessions and plays. Slow as hell. Efficient as hell. But Dominating. The, the defense was good to spot you 10 a game, whether they scored or they I made a short field. That's what I mean.
0: I mean, I feel like um, some of those numbers are skewed a little bit because the defense would score. And we just, I mean, it was ridiculous. Short fields and everything else. I'm not, I don't think they will surpass those numbers, but I think when you're talking about because we play so much faster and the ability to, in terms of yardage and things like that, yeah, they could be better in some areas. Would not be surprising at all. Um, you know, again, depends on how bad. Really, the point thing is going to come down to how badly do you want to beat people on this schedule because you have you have opportunities to just beat the bejesus out of people. I mean, there's some games on here that are just not going to be competitive.
1: This offense could be more explosive than the 2013 offense. I know that sounds like fighting words, but I think you've got more explosive running backs. Devonta Freeman
0: was excellent, but he wasn't explosive. He wasn't a house call every time he touched the ball. And listen, just remember, I mean, just because, let's say they do have some better numbers in areas. It doesn't mean they're a better team or a better offense. It just means the numbers are better. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the game's changed. The era we live in. Yeah, Yeah. the the rules have changed in favor of offenses. There's all kinds of things. I mean, so game by game last year, lest people forget um, Florida State really dominated uh, some games. You had a 40-point win over Duquesne. Could have been 100 points, but, you know, that's what it was. Um, well, I'm trying to think. Let's see here. Let's go back.
1: to Back half of the schedule is littered with them. Starts with Georgia Tech.
0: Golly, I was thinking the year before we lost to Georgia Tech, 16-13. Remember that? Oh, or that, that 2020, was 2020.
1: 2020. 2020. It was James Blackman, touchdown drive, start the season. That's, that's right. The weather delay.
0: Yeah. Good God, man! Jeff Sims beat us. But you, yeah, you had a ton of lopsided games. The Syracuse games lopsided, but just a ton of games. You could you could name your score in a lot of these games last year. And like six or seven of them, I, I think the same will be this year. This year, uh, what do you, you have? Uh, Southern Miss is that right? Second week. Southern Miss. Yep. You've got Boston College after that. Uh, obviously, it'll be a close game against Clemson in all likelihood. I think you could really put it on Virginia Tech. You could really put it on Syracuse. The Duke game will be better than people think because Duke's well-coached. Elko's good. They're, they're playing hard. They won eight games a year ago. They they play good defense, too, so it'll be interesting. Um, I think you could really put it on Wake Forest, finally. I think you would really put it on Miami, as you did a year ago, 45-3. to three. You could really put it on North Alabama. Uh, I think the pick game will be relatively close and then we're on the road at Florida. We'll see what Florida is at the end of the year. Yeah, how invested they are. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you have real opportunities here to just hammer some folks. You could score sixty you could score in the sixties against North Alabama. Very easily. Oh, done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. North Alabama, Southern Miss. I gotta catch up on Southern Miss. You know, Southern Miss is weird. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes. I don't – well, it would be just like us to have them on a short week in a year they're good. Um, I doubt it, though.
0: Southern Miss, did they get – let's see. I don't look for like opponents here. Southern Miss, W's and In 2022, Southern Miss. So last year, Southern Miss got beat 30-7 to 7 by Miami. But they were in that game for much of the half or a half. I'm I remember sure that. they were.
1: Well, I'm no, sure they were. Miami
0: had to run a trick play. I'm sure they did. Yeah. You're effing kidding me. We got to break this out now. Tyler Van Dyke was 20 of 29 for 261, one touchdown, one interception. He had to throw 29 times against Southern Miss. Yeah. Restrepo had six receptions for 72 yards.
1: Restrepo. <laughs>
0: Ernesto. <laughs> The Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Chat TV. <music> hey, don't forget about our friends over there at pitch a Penny. You need to get in that hot tub. You know what it is. It's time to relax. With our friends at Pinch a Penny, go over there off of Greer Street and check out the over 50 hot tubs that they have in stock right now. It's a lot. It's a lot. And here's the thing, man: you can get a new tub, have it installed, the covers, and all that good stuff, for as little as ninety nine dollars a month with installation and the covers included, buddy. Ninety nine bucks a month. I may do it. I may do it. Pinch a penny, Greer Street. Go check it out. You bring Benny, I'll bring the Jets. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) Oh, man. Also, oddly, I hate that song. My most hated Elton John song. Oh, really? Hate it. More than Crocodile Rock? Oh, that's a terrible song, too. He's got plenty of terrible songs. He's got a lot of great ones, too. It's a weird, weird canon. It's it's, a... I'm okay with all of it. Oh. It's him. It's who he oh, is. Pity the Jets is terrible.
1: It's a terrible song.
0: So is he, Crocodile. I mean,
1: but it. I mean him as a person. He can uh, all not, at I'm once not, bring you to your knees, but then look at him. Uh, look at the look at the glasses. But,
0: uh, yeah, no, but uh, one comes with the other. No, I get it. I'm not trying to stifle his creativity, Tom. I just don't have to love it all. It's a <laughs> it's, it's it's a bit much. Hey, Power Mill will help your child. You got a young man, young lady getting ready to uh go through hey, today's the last day of school for a lot of people last day kiddos oh boy do i remember this day in my youth the roads are crowded let earlier you, in the day let me tell you something buddy I, there was no better feeling in your youth than going to school on the final day and everybody's singing schools out for summer and all that with alice cooper we, we did not we, 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 we all sang it singing at the top biscuits. of our lungs it was incredible anyhow um I would just tell you that that was a special feeling. You're just all kind of walking around, pointing at each other like, "This is it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, i of doing nothing."
1: Yep. And you had to schedule of the
0: pool parties and birthdays. Oh man, it was I great. Mean, you did. You had the summer birthday. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think the very first party I remember my parents had for me for a collection of kids that I went to school with. Might have been like, I think might have been like six or five or something like that. And that early. Yeah, I think it's six or maybe six or seven. And I got in trouble at my own party and got sent to my room. Did at you? my own really? birthday party. Did you push somebody? No, I think I cursed at a kid, and it was overheard uh, by one of the parents, and uh, I think I said something probably wildly inappropriate.
1: The first big thing we did, it, uh, I think it was 1992 or 1993. I was in kindergarten. It wasn't a birthday party. We just had a bunch mm-hmm, of the kids mm-hmm. over. This will mark the times for us. We got a bunch of Bigfoot pizzas from Pizza Hut, mm. and we turned on The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action. What a
0: day. What a day. That was a day. It was a pool party, but it started to rain. We had a pool party and we played uh, Wiffle Ball in the backyard, and it was awesome. And I think the spirit of competition got pretty rough, and I said something. Got a kid at second base. I can never forget that. I could see that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was concussed at one of my birthday parties. Jeez. My brother in law hit me with his elbow. He was playing safety. I was playing receiver. He came through the receiver. He caught you. Pass interference. Did you call it? Uh, or were you just too hurt? I, I had to come out for a play or two. I was a little dinged, but then I got right back in there. Yeah. Probably not smart. Well,
0: you're a grown man. Got to get in there. It's 12, but yeah, yeah, yeah. close tough, enough. it up. Power Mill Training Academy equipping your child, motivating athletes focused on baseball and softball with the specific tools to reach their true potential. That's a good thing, man. So whether it's baseball or softball or whether your kid thinks they uh, fancy making the majors or just want to have fun in Little League, they got you covered. It's developmenting, uh, developmental um, and fundamental skills for your kids. That's what they're going to teach them. They're going to have fun doing it. It's really cool. Uh, the facility's nice. Go check it out. Want to learn more? PowerMillSports.com. If you would, sir, let's get to some probables.
1: It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, Probables.
0: Oh, man, we're down 3-2 to two in the ninth. Let's go, Buccos. Martin Perez started that game for Texas. Johan Aviado for the Pirates. Got to break out your jolly roger. Let's go. I know. I know. We got a game, too, I think, later tonight. I think. I thought. Maybe. T-backs, Phillies, Zach Gallen, Ranger Suarez. That game is 5 to nothing. Arizona in the six. Just putting it on the Phillies. 6-1 Minnesota leading San Francisco. That is Anthony DiScalfini and Joe Ryan. White Sox lead Cleveland 6-0 in the 8th. That game was started by Michael Kopech and Cal Quantrill. 4-0 Milwaukee leading Houston in the 7th. Brandon Bielak and Adrian Hauser. Tonight, Cardinals, Reds, Steven Matz, Ben Lively, Blue Jays, Rays, Music, Kikuchi. Shane McClanahan. McClanahan! Padres, Nats. Ryan Weathers, Trevor Williams. Orioles, Yankees, Tyler Wells. Nestor Cortez. Astor. Let's go Orioles. Dodgers, Braves. Tony Gonsolin and Bryce Elder. We got the Tigers and the Royals. Matthew Boyd, Zach Greinke. Mets, Cubs. Sing a time. Sing son. Let's go. Marcus Stroman goes for the Cubs. Yeesh. Marlins, Rockies. Alcantara going for the Marlins and Carl Kaufman. I know they call him Alcantara, but I will not do it. Carl Kaufman. That's a new favorite. Carl Kaufman. Short sleeve with a tie. (laughs) Red Sox and Angels, James Paxton, Tyler Anderson. Athletics and Mariners, Ken Waldachuk and Bryce Miller. That is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. (laughs) Bum, 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 bum. Doo, doo, doo. Doo, doo. Duke lost their four games by an average of four points last year, and they have a good quarterback. Thanks, Garrett. Yeah, I knew they played well. I knew they played well. You know, that always stands out, doesn't it? Do they have a good quarterback? We'll find out. Well enough. They played well enough last sure. year. They certainly were not your typical Duke.
1: In the lead-up to the Georgia Tech game, I watched Duke-Georgia Tech play head-to-head, and I wasn't convinced that uh, much had changed in terms of just Duke as a product. Elko's doing great things with not much to work with well, at my point.
0: That's eight. what good coaches do, buddy. That's what they do. I, uh, I'm full-on addicted to Better Call Saul. I spend my days Whoop. dreaming of getting home to watch Better Call Saul.
1: And you are where? Middle of season two or three now?
0: I'm about to start season three. Okay. It's just fantastic. Just fantastic. And I always find myself conflicted. That's a a great thing about that. Mm -hmm. Every character storyline you're like well you know i can see it i know why they did that it's not necessarily ethical but i get it and then other times you're like oh don't do that and then you're kind of like oh he's gonna do this don't do that jimmy then you're kind of like oh no this is not gonna go well mike be careful they're on to you no no this is not good you know and then you're kind of like well then again i like nacho nacho solid but nacho you know look man you should have done that (laughs) yeah nacho why'd you do that nacho yeah Yeah. your dad matters, Nacho. Yeah. There's a lot of things that happen where you, and you know what I do the whole time, is I think, okay, well, I know that this person doesn't make it to Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I know that this person does, but is very different than they are now. Right. This person doesn't, but this person does, and when are they going to introduce this person? And yeah, you can see how the connections are going to happen. But it's all a tour to force. Every performance. Every, yeah. Just about every single
1: one, you go, oh everybody, Everybody's God. good in the show.
0: Everybody's good in it. The lady that plays Kim Wexler is incredible. She only gets better as she the just show goes can, she's on. Just Rhea Seehorn, unbelievable. She's just, has she been in anything else lately?
1: She was greenlit to do
0: something. I she's good. It was, yeah. it's it. Yeah. She becomes an even more of a oh, yeah. Good work out of you. Good work out of you, director. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. It's our last show of the week, so you're going to want to be here early. Get here an hour and a half early. Sit here and wait patiently. Peace.